We officially recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. You know, every president campaigned on, we're going to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Everybody, for many presidents, you've been reading it. And then they never pulled it off. And I now know why. Because I put the word out that I may do it, right? I said I'd do it in my campaign. So that usually means unless I find something, I'm going to do it. I was hit by more countries and more pressure and more people calling, begging me, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I said, we have to do it. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. We have to do it. And I did it. But every other president really lied because they campaigned on it. That was always a big part of the campaign. Then they got into office. They never did it. So I understand why they didn't do it, because there was tremendous. The campaign against it was so incredible. But you know what? The campaign for it was also incredible. And we did the right thing. Well, that was Donald Trump last Friday, February the 23rd. And not only has the U.S. recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and promised to move the embassy, they're also shortening the timetable for when that embassy will open. It will be 70 years this May since the founding of the State of Israel, and it seems the U.S. is going to open the embassy in Jerusalem to coincide with Israel's big anniversary on May the 14th. Welcome to another edition of the Bible in the News. This is John Billington with you this week. With the State Department confirming this news, the announcement has obviously excited many in Israel, with Benjamin Netanyahu thanking President Trump at last Sunday's cabinet meeting, saying, quote, President Trump, you are a great friend of the State of Israel, and we thank you. This is a great moment for the citizens of Israel and it is a historic moment for the state of Israel. Well, as Jerusalem is the burdensome stone, as we're told in Zechariah 12 and 3, these announcements not only elicit reactions from Israel, but, of course, from Israel's enemies. Hamas has called the move a declaration of war. According to the Ynet News, the PLO official Erekat called the U.S., quote, part of the problem, and said that he quote, further lamented the fact that the move would coincide with the Nakba Day, the 1948 Palestinian exodus, or how the Palestinians refer to the establishment of the State of Israel. In Turkey, the president there, Erdogan, called the news, extreme, quote, extremely worrying, and reaffirmed his position that Jerusalem as uh, as as this as uh, the Palestine, Palestinians' capital was non-disputable. However, before even the sh- the timetable for moving the embassy had been shortened, Turkey's president uh, had said that Jerusalem would be on the quote uh, it would be quote top priority at his February fifth closed door meeting with Pope Francis. The meeting made Erdogan the first Turkish leader since 1959 to visit Rome, and the reception was warm. According to the CBN News, Rabbi Abraham Cooper of the Simon Wiesenthal Center said that he is, 
quote, disturbed by the fact that Pope Francis, in advance, allowed Jerusalem to be the focus of the meeting. Cooper said, Erdogan has been using the Israel-Palestinian conflict as a way to get street credibility in the Muslim world. And he's really been a flamethrower in terms of rhetoric and in some cases in terms of action, that Pope Francis would find common ground with him over the future of Jerusalem is deeply troubling and, frankly, offensive. Well, Rabbi, be deeply troubled, because the Vatican has been stoking these flames ever since its inception. Well, speaking about the Vatican, also in the news this past week, was a leak of the U.S. peace plan, or so-called. Although the U.S. administration is denying that the leak is, uh, is true, or at least the, the information in the leak is true, many in Israel are unhappy about what is said uh, in the leak, just, I suppose, in case there's any truth in it. The leaders of the sovereignty movement have said the plan was a, quote, regional disaster. Ultimately, the plan would have a Jewish state and a Palestinian state. Israel would hold on to the larger settlement blocks and have to uproot smaller ones. As far as Jerusalem was concerned, it would be given special international status that would place the Holy Basin in international custody. That last part about international custody of Jerusalem has the fingerprints of the Vatican all over it, if the reports have any merit whatsoever. It's worth mentioning again that the U.S. administration is saying that the reports are not to be believed. But soon enough, we'll hear directly from the administration itself, as Nikki Haley uh, is saying that the plan is nearly ready. What can be almost certain is that whatever the U.S. administration puts on the table, the PLO will never agree to it. They turned down, what was it, 98% of the West Bank going back to the days of Arafat? And if, it's, if that's the case, Caroline Glick of the Jerusalem Post wrote an opinion piece, uh, and in there she says that Israel will, I mean, basically have to move unilaterally. And she, and quoting her, she says, When Netanyahu embarks on a new course like Bill Clinton and Warren Christopher in 1993, Trump and his advisors will not stand in the way. Regardless of the reports, uh, if the reports or opinions are true or false, what must be noted is that only what God allows is going to come to pass. And it may be worth stating the obvious, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of Israel and not Donald Trump or any other world leader. And sitting where we do in the timeline of human history, it must be said that we have seen so many of the prophecies come to pass. And when we see these Bible prophecies coming to pass before our very eyes, we are witnessing the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaking of Jesus Christ in First Peter 3 and verse 22, Peter writes that he has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So, it is he that is guiding world events, and especially events in Israel, that it might be ready for his return. In Christ's own words in Revelation 16 and 12, the great river Euphrates would be dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be uh, prepared. Um, or in the, I believe it's the RV, it says the kings would be made ready that come from the sun's rising. This is a book of sign and symbol, and the great river Euphrates is uh, 
speaking about uh, is speaking about the power surrounding the river which if we go back to the 1800s was the ottoman power now we've spoken about this many times on this program and also in the bible magazine but it was um it was exactly this that that bible students looked for for the ottoman power to be dried up and to lose control of the Holy Land so the Jews could return to the land of their forefathers. And in that time, the king of the Jews and those he leads could return as well. It only makes sense that this is the order of events, as it's no use having the king return if he has no people. So, of course, it was in 1917 that all that Bible students looked for came to pass, and the Ottomans lost control of the Holy Land to the British. And just over 30 years later, the British too would lose control of the Holy Land when the people of Israel were established long enough for them to stand on their own. And make no mistake, this was all the work of the Lord Jesus Christ as he ruled the kingdoms of men, ordering it to this point. John Thomas wrote in the book Unsealed, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's called the book Unsealed, but it's actually a transcript Uh, of a public lecture that was given in 1869. But he's speaking about the 2400-year time period in the book of Daniel. And he says the following, uh, We look back and see that it is over 2400 years since Cyrus began to reign alone, and that therefore the long period of wasting has all passed away. Does this mean anything, or does it not? I believe it means that the period of Israel's downtreading is at an end. And that, um, and that we have entered upon a new series of events that will culminate in the cleansing of the holy. We are not necessarily to look for some great event that will wind up the purposes of God in a flash of lightning. One series of events having come to its close, another series has already begun and will continue to develop more and more largely until the Ancient of Days makes his appearance and takes things into his own hands. That this will be the order in which the events of these latter days will develop, we are justified in saying, because it is the order of all God's past relations with Israel. All his purposes and schemes with them have been gradual in development. God is never in a hurry. He has plenty of time at his disposal. He is not bound to do things according to your speculation or mine as to how long he ought to take. He has fixed the times and seasons. He has commenced the development of his events, and they will not be interrupted by the policy of men. But on the contrary, the activity of men to carry out their own purposes will only expedite his. He has the controlling power, and what he has decreed will most surely come to pass. None can hinder nor stay his hand. Well, as the nations struggle over Jerusalem uh, and God's land, It's believed that the seal of Isaiah the prophet has been found just in this last week in the excavations in the city of David, not far apparently from where the seal of King Hezekiah was found. And so we'll finish the Bible in in the news this week with the words of God through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 62. Uh, And it's starting in, in the first verse. And God says there, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest, 
until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness, and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burneth. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all the kings, and sorry, all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of of thy God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land be any more termed desolate. But thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee. And as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace, day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence, and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. And so with those beautiful words of Isaiah, we will close. And may each of us be watchmen on the walls of Jerusalem, not holding our peace, speaking up, not being silent, being a witness for God in these last days, because it will not be long. And one of these times, Bible in the news will not be up, not because we've been a little late or maybe we've missed a week, but Bible in the news won't be up because we've been called away to meet the Lord. These are the realities of what we look forward to. And so it is that we say, if we're here next week, come back to the Bible in the news, where we will again look at events that herald his return, the return of the Lord. So, with that, we ask you to take care, and if we're here, come on back. Thank you.